What's going on, world? Welcome to my podcast. It's just different with Ty, where I talk about sports, social, political issues, you name it, everything under the sun. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel and leave all comment section below. Also, make sure you hit the notification bell so you can be updated on all the newest videos. All right, so let's get right into it. Welcome to It's Just Different with your host, Ty. Today's topic, today's topic is corruption in the church. And I have one of my dear friends with me, Joy. Joy, what's up? Hello. We're going to definitely, we're going to get into this. And, uh, you know, again, a, a lot of people are going to agree to disagree, but we just keeping it 100 on this. So, uh, Joy, I'm going to start off um, saying, by what was your uh, religious uh, upbring, uh, upbringing, your, your, your background? I was born and raised in an extremely devout Pentecostal church. I am the daughter of a Pentecostal deacon and the niece of the pastor. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So what was that experience like for you personally? And you can also add in maybe, uh, if you want to, you can add in, you know, um, friends who also came up under that religion, whatever, what they had to say, but uh, particularly dealing with you, what was that experience like growing up? Well, this experience is, uh, specific towards the church I grew in, up in. It is not, specific to a lot of other Pentecostal churches, but the church I grew up in was very extreme. Um, they took it quite far. Um, we were all, all very sheltered and they considered themselves the chosen people um, to the point where we were not allowed to fellowship with people from other vineyards because they considered themselves above other vineyards, even though it was the same religion, same God and every same Bible that they claimed to read. Um, mm. It was all I knew for most of my life. So most of my family attended and still does attend that church. So I always had a sense of community and um, almost like security because I didn't know any better. So that's what I thought it was. Um, and it turned out to be uh, more often than not forms of oppression. Wait, can you say that last part again? Because I, I want to make sure the audience, people who's listening, hear that. <laughs> it was a sense, it was a false sense of community and security when in fact it was a form of oppression. We were not allowed to watch TVs. We didn't own TV. So there's a lot of things I missed out on. I got a TV for the first time in my life at 30 years old. I'm still trying to catch up seven years later. Um, there's a lot of social interactions that I missed out on that I was not able to take a part in because I didn't know any better. Wow. Wow. Now, Joy, you know, you're going to get some flat bodies. I, I, I know you, I know you uh, uh, well enough to know, you know, you're just speaking your truth and you don't care. You're going to, you know, you're going to stand 10 toes down, but you know, you're going to get some flat for this. You know that, you know, you. <laughs> if it helps somebody, if it helps somebody, I don't care. Mm. I appreciate that. Mm. Can you can you when you talk about oppression and different things like that, can you talk about some of the things that 
you witnessed or, or experienced, you know, that you've seen that was considered, let's say, corruption or, you know, like I said, or somewhere along that line? Um, the fact that it was very deeply rooted in misogyny. Mm. Um, the, the rules and the laws for women were and still are extreme. Now, I look very basic right now, but I wouldn't even be allowed to ch attend church um, with my hair in an actual hairstyle with lipstick on or a mascara. Um, I purposely put this on just to drive a point home as to how muted I look, yet still it would have been too much. Um, during wow. extreme cold weather, we weren't allowed to wear pants or anything that covered our legs below our knees. So we were often freezing to the point of our limbs feeling numb. And despite multiple requests to be able to wear warmer clothing or longer coats or higher boots, it was denied because it didn't meet their standards of sanctification. You know, I don't want to, wow. You know, I want to be careful with how I say things. So if it takes me a second to try to come up I with something, because I, I, I want to be, I, even though I might not agree. Well, you know what? I, I do agree with certain concepts mm -hmm. when you're dealing with, you know, treat somebody good and all those different Absolutely. things. that be, I, I agree with that. But we, the reality is that's not how most of the people in there are living. You know, um, and, and no one said that they're perfect either. I'm not saying that either. Just because they go to church, they're, they're perfect. So I want to be kind of a little careful because I know how people, I know how some black people are with their religion, you know, people as well. But because I'm black, I'm, I'm saying that. So I want to be respectful and um, talk about a little bit with me, how I grew up in, in a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And... You know, I had no, as you know, we had no say, right? Your, your parents said, this is what you are, and that's mm -hmm. what it is. And you didn't really, couldn't ask no questions. If it did, <laughs> it, was, it was one question why I'm going to church, and even that took a lot, you know, to, 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 to say. You know, uh, when I grew up and we started going, or well, my mother uh, got to the thing where we were going to church and everything, at first you do, you do see a sense of, maybe family at first again that's again not knowing whatever have you then you see as i got older a lot of things transpire a lot of things happen that made me look at certain things just within the church not even talking about from the 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 bible aspect you know what i'm saying sir you know because we all have questions about the bible did this really happen did that? not even talking just just i'm talking about in the church Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of things that I've seen personally that made me say, nah, this ain't the place for me. And, you know, I've been to several churches, Baptist churches, and I didn't like it. It all came down to seem like a money thing. Yeah. When it, when, when that wasn't the case, like I've been in churches, I'm not going to name no names. Uh, I'm just gonna say I am from. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want to say that. Uh, <laughs> no, don't. If you don't want to, don't say it. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 you know what? You know what? But like you said, you're, you're putting your message out because you wanna, uh, you're speaking your truth, and mm -hmm. you also want to save somebody else who's going through that situation. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna say I'm from Peekskill, mm -hmm. and 
I'll leave it at that. So <laughs> I'm from Peacefield, New York. I'll leave it at that. So people from <laughs> know what I'm talking about. You know, I've been to churches where, you know, it was it, it came to seem it, it, it was more about the money aspect, getting money out of the people as opposed to actually trying to build a connection and relationship with with God. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in a church where and few, you know, close friends, whatever, seen where, you know, they were uh, using your debit cards. People was giving their debit cards. I've never seen nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like literally debit cards and they, you know, with the swipe thing and all this. And and one of my relatives even uh, was talking about, and I didn't go to that church, how the pastor was asking people to go to get loans to pay for, you know, go, go to the bank to go get loans. Yeah. To pay for, you know, like on um, the, the tithes and offerings and stuff. And when you see things like that happen, that's an issue. That is an issue. You know, I have a, some, uh, uh, someone I know personally that, um, where they have like these sessions, prayer sessions, friends, you know, I have a friend, have prayer sessions and on this prayer session, the pastor is telling them about certain investments or certain things. Jesus came to me in my dream and told me to invest in this Mm -hmm. and whatever. And then when you do the homework, you find out that pastor somehow connected to that investment. And people are putting their life savings in these investments because they under the belief that God talked to this pastor. So it, it's brainwashing. It's sad, you know, and I, 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 ain't gonna, I didn't really feel comfortable talking about this. But at the same time, because I know I'm going to get back. I, I, I know my, my family, you know, just like you, my family, they're going to see this and they're going to be done with me, but I have to stand 10 toes down on truth for what I saw, you know, and I could stand and say, yo, nah, I actually seen this. I witnessed this. I've been through this, you know, and so for you, you know, again, and, and again, going back into, to, to what, what you went through, can you add any other things of things that you went through growing up in the church or things, you, you know, do's and, and I'm going to pick back on what you said. Um, hmm. first of all, the church I grew up in, um, I will say this, which is one thing I did appreciate um, about them, is that um, everyone's tied. They encouraged everyone to get educated and um, so they can have good jobs. But it was just a sneaky way to say that 10% of your paycheck will be higher (laughs) the more educated you are. So it was a sneaky way of doing that. But what I did appreciate about that was that from the pastor to the deacon across the board, everybody worked. Everyone had a career. But mm. that money just stayed within the church. It never went to the community. And if we want to be biblical in the black church, let's talk about how we should be helping the community. I recently ran into a woman who was waiting outside online for the food pantry. Her spouse pays upwards of $250. I think bi-weekly tied to a church they attend, but she's online at the food pantry. And the food pantry she was online at wasn't the church she attends. What gives? 
that money could very well be food in their mouths, but because they are so blindly devoted to what I call sound doctrine and things that are not biblical, they're suffering to line whose pocket. Joy, listen, I'm gonna pray for you tonight, okay? <laughs> They're not gonna like this truth that you are spitting. Like I said, you said it. You said it. That's the word, truth. Truth makes people uncomfortable, but somebody's got to call it out. Mm. Mm. And I appreciate you so much. And to piggyback, uh, piggyback off of what you said, um, when you deal it now, you started, which is great. I'm happy you talked about it. You you you, you talked about it first. You talked about um, the investment, right? Now, that's something that I talked to a pastor about one time. He see me in peak skill. You know, I'm again. I'm just gonna say <laughs> peak skill. And he asked me, "Hey, why? You know, you got you, you got to come to the church, brother. You got to come to the church, brother. You got to get to God word, man. You got you know." And blah, 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 blah. and I said, wait, so what are you doing for the community? You know, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? Well, we got pro, you know, we got after, after, uh, book back drive. I said, yo, I, I know regular guys in my hood that can do that. We doing that. Like, what are you people are doing? What are you actually doing for the community? Um, because whether black people know about it, and I'm sure some black people know, but they might not even care because they worried about their connection to Jesus in the afterlife, you know? So, and I'm only talking about it from the Christian church. And again, not knocking what someone's believe. I'm just talking about where the mind frame is, is not really on investing in the community. It's more about building a relationship with Jesus, with God in the afterlife. So when I asked the pastor, I said, you know, what are you doing for the community? He didn't really have anything to say. So I said, you have, I, I read a report. From 1980 to 2000, black people and black churches spent 400 billion, not million, billion dollars in the church. 1980 to 2020, 20 years, black people spent 400 billion dollars. And I said that right there is our freedom. When we talk about economic, financial, regenerate, that right there alone is that right there. So I was having a little debate with my sister about this, who was open-minded, my oldest sister, my, my oldest sister. And I was telling her how, you know, black people, they, they give their tithes. The pastor, the deacon, whoever takes it, right? Put in it into because I, I read another. I read another report where there's only maybe a few, a handful, a handful of black churches that are actually investing in black banks. So that's a whole nother thing. But that's a whole nother topic. But they take the money, right? Not take the money. Get the money. I want to say take. Get the money from the people, and they put it in white banks. And when it goes into those white banks. When that same black person who's been putting tithes into that church goes to that bank where they put their money in to try to get a loan for a house or a business, they're denied. Yet, 
a white person or anyone else from any other background can go to that same bank. Call it out. Get a loan. Yeah. Right? Right. To start their business and, exactly. and gain generational wealth. Talk about but it. Like, it makes all no we sense. are worried about is we just got, we, we ain't worried about this. We, we, we just got to get right with Jesus. That's it. We just got to get right with Jesus and after like, it doesn't matter if we're poor. It doesn't, we just got to, and you're right. The conditioning of the mind too, you know, and I just felt like I wanted to point that out and I'm happy you started to talk about that and bring that up because that's something that isn't talked about. I really haven't heard no pastor that I went to. I'm talking about, I, I, I can't say it everywhere in the world, but where I went to where a pastor is uh, talking about investments and, you know, different things, resources to build up the black community. They, what they, what I've seen them do is symbolism. Like I said, a, a, a book bag drop. Yeah, that's good. But if you getting four hundred billion dollars, I need to see more than that. It's performative. <laughs> you know, it, it's all performative. And if they want to be so concerned about the afterlife, you know, I, I omitted the part that I was also an ordained minister. So if I start preaching a little bit and getting biblical with scripture, if Go you want to get right in the afterlife, you got to read the Bible. Because the Bible says that you have to love, that you have to reach out. Whatsoever you do unto the least of these, you do unto me, Christ. You think you're going to get to the afterlife driving around in Rolls Royces and Bentleys while members of your church can't afford their utilities? Mm. 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 Wow. Wow. And they know that. Wow. So you think they know that and they just say, whatever, I'm just getting mine, getting my money now while I'm here. When it comes to a lot of churches that are in, in it for profit, um, they're not real Christian. It's a business. Wow. Because it makes no sense as to what the Bible says and as to what they're doing. Furthermore, there is nowhere in the Bible where it states that is separation of clergy and member. A lot of stuff that goes on in the black church today is sound doctrine and made up tradition. Joy, you're going to get in trouble, Joy. Joy, they're going to come I didn't write the Bible. It was here when I got here. Joy, but we wasn't it taught was here that, when Joy. I got here. Joy, we wasn't taught that. Joy, we wasn't taught that. What you what you saying was actually comes from the said. Bible. We wasn't taught that, Joy. They're gonna come for you. You better not talk about their. You better not talk about their religion, Joy. They're gonna. I'm sorry to. Stop, oh, you know. that's the word, religion. Religion. <laughs> uh, religion never suited anybody. Woo. So I, I I'm scared. I'm scared to do this, and I'm scared to follow up, Joy. Because you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm telling you, you can't talk about. Folks, black people, and they you can't do that, Joy. You can't do that, Joy. You can't. You can't speak the truth, Joy. You cannot speak the truth. Then let's talk about the truth, Joy. You cannot speak the truth about. Can't do that either. You can't do it. All right. Maybe I should sign up for Speaker. Oh no, they already got. They already voted Speaker to have. You know, and check this out. Another thing that I found, right, which I had no clue about, which was 
I don't know how many presidents we had. Like, you know, it ain't nothing to do nothing for black people. So it, it ain't like I got to keep a list or keep how many, whatever. But I think it was George Bush. I think it was George, the, the, the son. I think it was the son. Don't quote me 100% wrong. Anybody could fact check me. Uh, believe it was the son. He signed some type of initiative bill to churches to fund them to get the money you know especially black churches now what that did was which now it makes sense when i see it on the local level because i never understood it and so i recently read this last week last week so george bush signed this initiative bill where it gives churches all these money, funding and everything else, and, and black churches money. Now, what that did was it, it put the church in a political party because you're getting money from this political party. Therefore, now you kind of have to endorse them secretly. It doesn't say that, but that's what it actually is. Mm-hmm. So now when you see politicians come to churches, and you see the pastor saying, yo, you know, this person right here, they gonna, they gonna, they gonna ride with you. You know, y- y'all go out there and, and vote. And I've seen that in the church, too. I've seen a pastor in peak scale. I've seen a pastor. <laughs> I gotta keep on saying it. coming for you, Ty. I, I let, well, let him come. <laughs> let him come. Let him come. You know, I've seen a pastor basically say that, like, uh, uh, Jesus, God, that God put this um, p- politician here in this position to look out for the people so you have to vote for him because they're going to do what's best for the Christian family. You know, like, I've I seen that. I've seen it. I've seen it. And I never understood. I'm like, again, dumbfounded, not really paying attention. And then as years passed on and I started doing more, you know, and, and, and you know, started waking up, as they say, I, I looked at it and I said, oh, so I, 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 I see that now. And, and uh, there was an article by some um, black activist groups and they were talking about how the church is in bed with the Democratic Party. And they was talking about all the different things in different states and different cities where there's evidence and shows that this this church is doing this, doing that. And I don't know if it's true or not, because I'm not as into the Bible and know every single thing as what it says as as you. But it was saying somehow, like I said, there's a separation. You're not really supposed a church is not supposed to really get into politics or something like that or support a party or whatever. And I I don't know if it doesn't say that those words, but it was saying that, that you're not really supposed to be getting into that. And again, that's just another uh, a tool. To, go, to show the corruption in the church because they are using God to the people to say, hey, pick this one because God said this person right here, need, it, it has to be elected in order for, for us, for the church to get what we want. You know what I'm saying? And I, I just don't, 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 really, don't really agree with that. Now, now, you said something about religion a little bit. You know, a little bit, you know, now, when we deal talking about corruption in the church and religion, what have you seen from a religious aspect 
how can I say, from a religion aspect. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save that. I, I, I'm not I'm not even going to talk about that because, again, that's, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. I want to try to be respectful of everybody's religion. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I always say if it makes you a better person, more positive person, more caring person, more good person, I'm all I'm all for it. I don't care if you you, you believe in, in, you know, aliens. I don't care if that if it makes you a better positive person and you're not doing nothing, exactly. you know, trying exactly. to, you know, get over on the people and, and, and rip off the exactly. people. I'm all for it. You know, so I, I want to say this. At what point in your life did you come to the senses and say, OK, this is not for me? What happened? Was there anything that happened that made you say, nah, this is this is the icing on the cake? I was in college. Um, I was also working full time and I got in trouble with the church I attended. They called it an annulment via prophecy because I couldn't make 6.30 a.m. service. I couldn't make 11 a.m. service. I couldn't make 7 p.m. service. This is just on Sunday. But I couldn't also make Tuesday 6 a.m. service. I couldn't make Wednesday 7 p.m. service. And I couldn't make Friday 8 p.m. service either. Mm. And they said it was because I was out there just doing all kinds of damnable things. <laughs> but I was just working and trying to graduate from college. And I said, enough. I'm done. And I left. And 90% of my family doesn't speak to me. And I'm at such peace. Wow. Did you just say, Joy, did you just say that since you, because you left the church, and because of that, 90% of your family does not speak to you? Correct. Have have you tried to reach out to them since? Absolutely. I have. And I, I, I go out and I will. I've even attended um, my nephew's uh, baby dedication. I've attended weddings. I've attended. I've gone back and I've tried to talk to them and show them. I'm going back to scripture here. First Corinthians 13 is a very, very, very powerful passage of scripture that Christians really need to, to read and take a very close look at. It says, we know in part and we see in part. It also says we see through a glass darkly. But that was written thousands of years ago. We have Windex now. We can we can clean the glass and, and look through it clearly. You know what I'm saying? Yes, so you can. So I tried to explain that to them. It says, you know, we can do better. I see that we can do better. But they're so deeply rooted in tradition. Tradition is decay of the mind. If you look at things that have been tradition. It involves sacrifices and, and some really bad stuff. You cannot rely on, 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 on tradition for the sake of tradition um, and just call it that because that, that's what it is. Now, although I left that church that I grew up in and I still am in communication with them from time to time, I am a member of another church and the pastor of the church that I attend is a non-denominational church, but he grew up in the same deep-rooted Pentecostal uh, faith that I grew up in. So he understands. 
And when he wow. sees certain things pop up, he does not hesitate to pull it out and correct it. And this church is doing the Lord's work in the community. So well, just because I, I, I learned, put that I church on the spot. Say, and, doesn't and, and, mean and, and, I left the faith. Yeah, 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 yeah. We well, shout out to that church. Right, right. You did a great job. Yes. You know, we need more churches like that church. Uh, maybe I got to step in there one time, uh, one a few times, uh, you know, because I, I, I know that your word is bond and your word is good. So if you're saying it, it's official. I don't need to do no research. If you're saying it, I know it's official, you know. Um, so shout out to that church, man. And um, now getting back to family members or people, 90 percent of people not speak to your family members because you made that choice. Do you have any other relatives that uh, did the same thing or, you know, where they left that church and they're not also being spoken to or anything like that or. Oh, well, you... apparently I started an exodus. Wait, say that again. I started an exodus. I didn't intend to. But <laughs> how'd you do that? <laughs> uh, well, my actions inspired about 80% of that generation to get up and do the same thing. They didn't just leave the church. They left the state. They left the region. Wow. Something they never thought they would do. We were threatened that if we ever left, we would be cut off from the love of God. We would be cut off from our family. From the time you were born, you were considered, it, it said it, you were considered a rebellion if you were to leave. And they said it was as a sin of witchcraft. And how dare me leave? But I, I packed up and I left. I left. And, um, and um, I don't know how many, I've lost count of how many people followed suit. Of my generation, though. So now they have to listen. So now I am in touch with them. So yes, I do talk. I go back and I try to talk. And I think they're starting to listen. They're still set in their ways, you know, but they've partnered with, um, they're, they're, this church is in one of the most affluent um, counties in, in the country. And they partnered with the local food pantry and they work with Feeding America, feeding America and they're feeding the community. Um, and my father is still a deacon at that church. And um, okay. he's all the time I'm in his ear. And as a result, he's in his brother's ear, who is the pastor. And um, I'm seeing progress. They don't talk to me, but you know what? I'm the type of person is like, you don't have to talk to me. It's all good because one day, you know, when I stand before my maker, you ever see that meme with, D with Diddy having the staring contest? Uh, yeah. Uh, he's staring back and forth at each other. And the other musician, what's his name? Uh, they having a staring, it's a meme. I might not have seen it. Yeah, I might not have seen it. There's so many memes out. I might not have seen that. And they just stared at each other. I don't even remember what the what the the situation was. Um uh but I always say, you know, my methods and things I do are are somewhat unconventional. Um but let me see if I can hold it up. Let me see if I could do it this way. This one. Would they just stare at each other? <laughs> I said, that's, that's, that. Diddy, Diddy's the creator and I'm the other dude. We're just going to be staring at each other like. Correct. Step aside. Correct. Correct. <laughs> because I did what I had to do um, for change, for growth, uh, to, to make a difference, to make a positive impact. I did what I had to do to give people hope 
you, uh, you know, I'm coming from a good place and a pure heart. So if I got to piss people off to do that, well, that's my calling. That's, I mean, that's what the Bible says to do. Correct. Mm. <sighs> Joy. I ain't expected. I thought we was going to talk about, you know, little things. I ain't, I ain't expecting well, you to come you like this. About? You want to talk about what? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to talking about Christianity, religion, and the black church, there's nothing light about it. It's a heavy topic, no matter which angle you come at it from. Right about that. But like I, and like you said, as long as you're speaking of a place of truth, mm-hmm. as long as you're speaking of a place of truth, you know you can look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, listen, this is what mm-hmm. it is. I can stand, I can stand on it, you know, because again, and like you said, the truth, it, it, truth makes some people feel uncomfortable. You know, uh, I, 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 like I said, I was cautious on whether or not I was going to touch this topic. Um, I had even asked, like I, like I told you, a coworker who's, you know, very much in, to his belief, his faith, and I asked him to join. So I get a different, so we could try to have some type of different perspective, maybe. But you hit all, all cylinder. You you hit all, all, you know, everything. You know, but I, I wanted to have him in. I actually asked um a deacon to come in of the church. And um, you know, so I've asked other people that are still very much involved in because I didn't want to seem like we're being biased or anything, which we're not, but I I, I, didn't, I didn't want that to be perceived no. because we're just ex- talking about truthful events and truthful things. You know, again, some people, they don't want to look at it like that. And that's cool. We're, we're not here to please everybody, you know? So some people I, like the way things have been because that's all they know. And not everybody is conditioned to go and seek the truth and inspire change. So mm. those who want to seek the truth and inspire change, here we are. Not everybody's going to like it. And a lot of people, uh, when they don't feel comfortable doing certain things and they see other people doing the things that they don't feel comfortable doing, you know, there's going to be pushback. But all that would be is projection because both you and I are coming from a good place, like I said, to inspire change and to inspire growth. You know, we're going to have to do a part two and probably a part three to this. You know, there's, there's so much game, so much information in this that, you know, some people's attention span, even me, I'm talking about me, myself, uh, as much as the information we spit in some people. So we're going to definitely do a part two to this. But I want to ask you this question. Sure. I want to ask you because this just came up now. What do you say? What is your message to a little girl? Right. That is going through the same thing that you are going through as far as growing up in the church, you know, as, uh, um, strict this, you can't do that, can't do this, a little bit of corruption at this, and, and, and she's looking at this and she kind of wants to leave but don't know how to or whatever. What do you say to her if she's watching right now? I say to her this right now. Baby girl, start doing your research and find a community, another church a support system. You might have to go church hopping. I did that. I went church hopping. I visited a new church discreetly on my own time when I can. And when I found someone and a group of people safe enough to make that transition, 
I made the transition. Mm. Mm. Joy, this was real. <laughs> Thank you for this having me. Real. We're <laughs> definitely going to do a part two. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my whole girl, Joy. <laughs> Always spitting the truth, never holding back, coming with the facts, you know? I love love. I come in love for my people. I want to. That's that's it. That's it. We come in love. That's it. We come in love, man. That's it. You know, this ain't bashing nothing. This is this is truth seeking, truth speaking. You yeah. know. So on that note, Joy, thank you, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being on. It's just different with Ty. We're gonna do a part two. Like I said, part part three. We're gonna talk about other topics as well. So I appreciate you. And be safe, sending you much love and health, wellness, and I'm going to be talking to you soon. The same to you and yours also, and everyone who listens to this. Peace and love. Peace.